there! You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 16. What are you worrying about? You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. Hey guys, how's it going? I hope you're having a great January. Uh, I was talking with some of the moms at school and one of them was saying she'd started going to the gym again at the beginning of the month and she told us we should come, that it was totally empty, which we thought was pretty funny because isn't January supposed to be the busiest month at the gym when everyone's excited about their new resolutions? So we were laughing that maybe January is now recover from the holidays month and February is the new January where we finally feel like we can actually get on top of those goals and get going on them. So I actually love that, that really January 1st is just a date, but we can start on a new goal anytime, right? It's about progression and growth. So don't feel badly if you miss the January 1st, you know, deadline, you're not late to the game. You can set a new goal and go after it whenever you want, right? I'm still working on setting some goals for this year myself. So if you remember in the last podcast, we talked about fear and why we experience fear, how to identify what it's causing for you, how to handle it when it comes up. And all of that is foundational to what we're going to talk about today, which is the emotion of worry. Now, um, they may sound like the same emotion. And while worry is an emotion that is based in fear, We're going to talk today about why it's an emotion that probably isn't as helpful or useful or productive as we sometimes tell ourselves it is. So I actually started thinking about and and writing out this podcast in the middle of December at the hospital where one of my kids was having her third surgery in six months. And I thought about the experiences I'd had in anticipating and watching her go through these surgeries and what a different experience this has been for me than at other times in my life watching my kids go through hard or potentially scary things. And I had some concerns for sure, and there were times that certain fears would creep in. But for the most part, I showed up for myself and for my daughter much differently than I think I would have in the past. And I'm not one who loves hospitals and medical stuff. It's not my favorite. But I remember sitting there in the waiting room thinking about the emotion of worry and the place it's had in my life for so many years and some of the things that it had cost me. And I could look in hindsight and kind of see a pattern that for many years, as soon as one thing that I was worrying about had resolved, then I just went and found something else to focus on and worry about. And I was kind of in the habit of worrying and it felt like if I wasn't constantly worried about something, that I was kind of letting my guard down. And that that became a problem because there were times and long stretches of time even when I felt like I was in an almost constant state of worrying about one thing or another and it was very hard for me to be very productive or feel a lot of positive emotions when I was in that state. So as you can see, I know a lot about worry. I've had lots of experience with it. I come from a long line of worriers and for me it didn't really matter what was going on, I could find something to worry about. In fact, the first thing I would look for in any situation was what could go wrong here. Even with fun things like taking a trip 
or going to visit a new place or having someone come to visit, um, even if we had a fun day at Disneyland plan, I would wake up that morning with this heaviness in my stomach thinking about the possible things that could go wrong or happen that day. And I would kind of spin that out in my mind until I was in a place where I wasn't really too excited about the day. I was mostly just feeling stressed. That sounds like a great way to prep for a vacation or a fun day out, right? Yeah, it didn't really work out very well for me, but worrying is something that most of us do on a regular basis, and for some of us, it can actually become pretty debilitating. So why do we spend so much time and energy doing it? I was taught in coach training that worry is an indulgent emotion, which means it doesn't really serve us or move us forward, but for some reason, we think it's helping us, and we let ourselves kind of get caught up in it. So think about your reason for indulging in the emotion of worry. I think for me, sometimes it can feel like I'm being productive by worrying. When I'm worrying, I tell myself that I'm solving a problem and that thinking the same worrisome thoughts over and over is somehow going to help me find a solution. Or sometimes I don't want to be blindsided by something going wrong. So instead, I kind of try to predict what might be possibly be a problem, and then I dwell on that anticipated problem as a way to protect myself from possible disappointment or suffering. Sometimes I think I use worry to avoid making decisions. I go over and over in my head about pros and cons and what might happen if I make this decision and what other thing could go wrong if I make this decision, and that cycle keeps me from having to commit to something and move forward. And another reason I think I have for worrying, and this one kind of surprised me when I realized it, is that to me, worrying feels like the responsible thing to do. If there's a problem or a potential problem, especially involving one of my children, I feel like I'm kind of letting my guard down and that I'm not being a concerned or loving mother if I'm not consumed with worry. So, and actually one interesting article I read suggested another reason we might have for worrying. It said that the emotion of worry is such an uncomfortable, unpleasant feeling that we subconsciously use it to kind of prepare ourselves in case that thing we're worrying about really does happen. Because in the end, if we do wind up with the worst case scenario, that will still feel better in comparison to the suffering we were experiencing by stressing ourselves out with worry. So that's interesting, huh? I think I've, I've been thinking about that a lot, and it does seem true in a lot of cases. So, so ask yourself these questions. What am I worried about? Why is this a problem? Why do I think worrying is helping me in this situation? And how do I want to feel? Who do I want to be right now in this moment? And who do I want to be? How do I want to respond if this thing does happen? Those are things that you have control over, right? Okay, so there are lots of different reasons we might let ourselves indulge in worry, but in the end, worry is just not really productive. It's not helping us solve problems, and it's causing us suffering, which is kind of interesting because experiencing suffering is most often what we're worried about, right, and trying to avoid in the first place. I love this quote from Seneca. He says, we suffer more from imagination than from reality. And I think that's so true. I have experienced much more suffering in my worrying over things that I thought might happen than I have from the things that have actually happened to me, even the really hard things. And I've also noticed that if the thing I'm worried about does happen, I'm actually much more capable of handling it than I thought I would be. Not that it's not hard, not that there's not um, all kinds of emotions going on there, but have you ever had that experience when you're so stressed out about something happening? And then it does actually happen, but you survive, you make it through, and you even handle it better than you thought you could. Um, I read a statistic the other day that said 85% of the things that people worry about don't ever happen. 
But when the things do happen, people say that they are much stronger and more resilient than they realize they were. So all this time and energy we are spending stuck in worry could be used in so much more productive ways. And today I want to give you some tips on what you can do if you find worry creeping in and causing problems for you or holding you back in your life. So let's first talk about the difference between worry and fear for a minute. Last time we talked about how fear is as a primal emotion. It's a survival mechanism, right? That we're wired with so that we're aware of and looking out for potential harm or danger. That's how we've survived as a species. Fear is a natural thing for us to feel and it actually does serve a purpose. Where we run into problems is when we let our fear turn into worry. So a couple of definitions of what worry is are a state of anxiety and uncertainty over potential problems and, another definition, to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or trouble. So in those definitions, a couple of words stuck out to me. The first one was uncertainty. Worry lives in the future, doesn't it? We worry about things that might potentially happen, whether that's within the next minute or the next year or even the next decade. Worry is based in the fear of something that could possibly happen. And how interesting that the future only exists in our imagination, right? It hasn't happened yet. So back to that quote from Seneca, that we suffer more in our imaginations than we do in reality. Think about how this might be true for you. I know if there is something tough going on with one of my kids, the worst suffering I can put myself through is to catastrophize um, about what horrible thing this could mean about his or her future. I can come up with all kinds of things in my head that might happen. And then I'm filled with fear and doubt and anxiety but none of it has even really happened. It's all in my imagination and I'm suffering now, worrying about the possibility of them suffering later. And again, this feels helpful and useful and even responsible. But when I look at what it creates in my life and how I show up when I'm feeling this way, that's not who I want to be. That's not what I want to happen. Another quote, which I've seen attributed to several people, so I'm not sure exactly who said it, but it is that worry is a misuse of your imagination. So yes, we are going to experience hard things and our kids are going to experience hard things. But if we make ourselves suffer now by dwelling on what might happen in the future, how is that productive? How is that going to be helpful? Of course, we want to prepare and of course, we want to take action to prevent what we can. We want to be ready when those challenges arrive. But why not expect and look for the good things in life and trust that even when the hard things happen, we're going to be okay. That's a big part of it, right? Knowing that you can handle it. And I can tell you that living in faith is much more helpful and peaceful than living in fear. So that first definition about worry being a state of anxiety and uncertainty. Yeah, we have a lot of uncertainty in this life, right? But let's not let our imaginations run wild with this uncertainty and get the best of us. And the second word that stood out to me, back to the definitions, is the, the word dwell. I think the difference for me between fear and worry is that fear is the initial thought of danger or potential problem. It's that our brain signaling us that something might be wrong. And then worry is the ruminating, the stewing about, the dwelling on those thoughts and all of the terrible things that might come of it. And sometimes we think that if we're feeling fear, then we just have to worry. That's just part of it, right? That there's no other way. But that's not true. If you think about the emotion of fear, it can be the basis of all sorts of other emotions and behaviors, such as anger or jealousy. It can cause insecurity, hate, judgment, 
criticism and action, overwhelm, the list could go on, right? But just because we're feeling fear, just because our brain alerts us that there's something we might want to be aware of and look at, we don't have to let that fear lead us down a path of being paralyzed or derailed with worry. And again, most often the result I've gotten in my own life from worrying is anxiety and emotional suffering. All right, now I'm going to give you a few tips that have worked for me in conquering worry. These are just a few things that I have found helpful. So tip number one, um, when you feel worry creeping in, is to stop the cycle of rumination, that dwelling. Ruminating about something means you think deeply about something. It means you're focusing your attention on it and you're going over and over in it in your mind repeatedly. Um, We live out the stories we tell ourselves, right? So if you think the world is a scary, dangerous place, you're going to spend your life living in fear and not taking the risks or doing the things that will move you forward and lead to your progress and your growth. If you believe other people don't like you, then you might show up as insecure or needy, which makes it harder to create real genuine connection, isn't it? We also know that what we practice grows stronger, and if you are in the habit of worrying, letting those types of thoughts run wild in your mind, what is going to be your experience? The model, think back to the model, the circumstance, um, our thoughts, our feelings, actions, and results, right? The model shows us that what we are thinking about, what we are repeatedly telling ourselves will create our results. Your thoughts trigger your feelings, those feelings drive your actions, and your actions are going to create your result. And if you're thinking thoughts that cause you to feel worry, what's that doing for you? I'll tell you what some of my actions look like when I'm worried. Um, One of the first ones is eating, usually some form of sugar. I know people who actually can't eat when they're worried, but I'm the complete opposite. I head straight for the cupboard. I might resort to distractions and time killers like surfing the internet or social media. I will talk to other people about it, which I'll be honest, um, is probably more like a venting or complaining session of the things I'm worried about, not really productively finding a solution. I also sit in indecision, like I talked about, and avoid committing to things because I'm so worried about making the wrong choice and regretting it later. I have also realized that worry has caused me to sometimes not be as encouraging as I could have been with my kids and their goals and pursuits because I was trying to protect them from disappointment Um, if that thing didn't work out. I was so worried about them experiencing failure, which is funny because if, if we don't believe our kids can handle failure or disappointment or obstacles and they kind of pick up on that, how is that going to affect the way they see themselves and their ability to handle those things? Another thing I do is um, when I'm worried is I just simply avoid facing what's happening or what might happen. I pull away and I think if somehow I distance myself from the problem, it will just magically go away, which I found usually magnifies the problem and the consequence even more, right? For instance, here's an example. If you're stressed about money and paying your bills and you don't want to look at your bank account, then you don't want to deal with it um, and you don't look at it and you don't deal with it. The problem doesn't go away. It's still there, right? And if you continue to ignore it, the problem will continue to grow. And so avoiding and trying to hide from your challenges is not the answer either. These are actions. So these are the actions that worry fuels for me, none of which are productive or helpful in that moment or in the event that the thing I'm worrying about actually happens. So become aware of when you're getting stuck in these worrisome thoughts and tell your brain, hey, thanks for the heads up on this. I got that alert. Let me take a closer look and see what I want to do about it. 
And the and one of the best ways also I found to stop this cycle of rumination for me is to have some some positive go-to thoughts that I believe that really resonate with me. Like last week I talked about um, the example, I used the example of worrying about other people's judgments if I made a mistake playing the organ in church. And when that fear would come up, when I would worry about that and I would feel nervous and anxiety, I would tell myself, you are loved. And that thought was true. I believed it and it helped stop that cycle of thoughts that were causing me so much stress. So some helpful thoughts might be, um, examples of thoughts, I am enough. Um, Another one, things don't happen to me, they happen for me. That's one of my favorites. Another one, nothing has gone wrong here. I can do hard things. My kids can do hard things. I am capable. I was made for this. What others think of me is 100% about them. Failure is the currency for success. The solutions to my problems are within my control. And one that I love with God's help, I can handle whatever comes my way. And another one that's especially helped me is um, just thinking about the the access I have to strength and power through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So if you find simple mantras or thoughts that are really believable to you, that resonate with you, that you can use to kind of quiet those fearful thoughts, to calm that feeling of worry and create within yourself a feeling of empowerment, of confidence, of certainty, of peace, whatever it is that you want to feel, that power is within you, right? Okay. So tip number two is to move over into your logical, rational, higher brain. Remember that much of what we are worried about doesn't ever happen. So it can be very helpful to take a step out of the drama we're creating and just take a look at the facts. In the model, our circumstance line is where we put the facts of what's happening, right? Not the drama our brain is creating, not our own interpretation of it, not the predictions we're having about what might happen, just the simple facts. And so ask yourself if what you're worrying about in this situation is really a fact. What do you know for sure? Would everyone agree with you on this? Where can you find more information that might be helpful in the situation? And what part of this story is coming from your imagination? So fear comes from uncertainty, right? And we're really good at thinking up scenarios of things that could go wrong since we don't know for sure what will happen. We come up with all kinds of great things to stress out about in our minds, but when we look at them logically, we see that there really aren't problems, or if they are potential problems, that we have the ability to handle them. Sometimes that means doing something to change the situation. Sometimes that is an option, but more often it involves changing the way we're thinking about and responding to the situation. So figure out what you, what you have control over. Um, Back in 2005, when Hurricane Katrina hit, I had, um, my kids were six, three, and nine months. And I remember watching the news about all the news coverage in just horror. I couldn't believe what was happening, um, what I was seeing, what those people were dealing with, and how much suffering I saw. And I had seen news reports of natural disasters before, but for some reason, this one sent me into pretty, pretty major anxiety, and I couldn't stop thinking about the things I'd seen, those images especially of children, and I really began to worry about something happening where we lived. And 
we aren't really in hurricane territory, but there are definitely other natural disasters that, that could happen. And so for a few weeks, I was super stressed out about this. And I knew the probability of something happening wasn't that high, but it is always there, right? Even logically, I could say, yeah, this could possibly happen. Um, and sometimes things do happen. And what I realized was that while I couldn't control the natural disasters, what I could control was how prepared I was. And so I remember one morning I loaded the kids up and we went out and spent a good part of the day um, purchasing and assembling um, emergency supplies and things that we would need in the event of a natural disaster. Um, I got our emergency kits together. I stocked up on bottled water and food storage and diapers and all the things I would need if um, something like that were to occur. And it was so interesting how doing this just put my fears at ease. It put my worried mind at peace. And I still knew that there were things outside of my control, but acknowledging and doing the things I could I could do to prepare my family helped me feel so much more peaceful in that situation. Okay, so tip number three is to process your emotions. Just because worry is an uncomfortable emotion doesn't mean that it's a problem, right? We're humans. We have mortal, primal, natural man brains. We're here to experience and feel the whole range of emotions. And worry is one of them. This doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong if you feel worry. It doesn't mean that you need to immediately change your thoughts because worry isn't helpful. What I like to remember and acknowledge is that I'm the one creating that emotion inside of myself with my thoughts. I feel worry not because what's happening outside of me or what might happen outside of me, but because of the way I'm interpreting it and the story I'm telling myself about it. And when I recognize that, yes, I'm creating worry, that emotion is coming from what I'm choosing to think about. It's not something that's just happening to me. Then I feel like I get my power back. I get to decide how long I will feel this emotion and what I will do with it, which is a really important realization to make. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong for feeling it or that you shouldn't feel it, right? We're humans. It's okay to feel it. Just know that you're in control of it. Sometimes worry is easy to release. Sometimes we can change our thoughts about whatever we're concerned about. But sometimes we might just want to sit with it for a bit. Um, I know when I was in the waiting room while my daughter was in surgery last month, I would feel worry start to creep up. But instead of judging myself or trying to push it away or tell myself that I shouldn't feel it, I would just allow it. I'd have some compassion for myself and think, yeah, I can see why you'd be worried about this. Um, I didn't have to be afraid of worry. I didn't tell myself it was a bad thing. And in doing that, the worry had so much less power. And I thought to myself, yeah, it's okay to feel worry. You can feel that if you want to. But then I asked myself, is there something else you'd rather feel right now, though? And kind of looking at it like that allowed me to more easily move into some of those go-to thoughts that we talked about. Um, Thoughts like God is watching over her. Um, I believed angels were with her, and I really, I really got to the point where I just thought, whatever happens, we can handle it. We've got this. So worry isn't bad. You're not crazy for feeling it, but just remember that you get to decide how long you let it stay. And when you allow emotion, when you are able to feel it and process it and not be afraid of it, then you have authority over it. When you resist it and try to push it away, it pushes back and you become kind of captive to it. So don't be afraid to feel and process emotion. Another thing which I think goes along with processing emotion is to just be very present in the moment you're in right now. If worry lives in the future, acknowledging where you are right now and being present in it can be very helpful. 
It's what we call mindfulness, right? Being in the moment and knowing that you can handle what is happening in the here and now. You are handling it. So much of our thinking is anticipating how we will feel in the future, either good or bad. We think certain things will make us feel good or we worry that other things might make, might cause us to feel badly. But that kind of thinking doesn't help us um, be present in our lives, right? When we remember that we get to choose our emotion in any situation and that whatever comes, we can tolerate that emotion. Then we can go forward and live our lives confidently. So I'm going to leave you with a quote from Byron Katie, one of my favorites. She says, pay close attention to the particular thoughts you use to deprive yourself of happiness. I love that. Be aware of what you're thinking and know that you have a choice and be deliberate about it. I also want to mention really quickly that um, I'm not doing mini sessions anymore, but I'm offering a handful of free 90-minute intensive coaching sessions. If you like the things you're learning from this podcast, if you find it helpful, and by the way, thank you for all of the kind messages I've gotten from people who listen and are being inspired and applying these tools and seeing their lives changing. You are all the best, and I love hearing from you, so thank you. If you find these tools and concepts helpful, this podcast is really just scratching the surface. Coaching takes all of this great stuff to a whole new level, and it's a really eye-opening, or maybe I should say mind-opening experience. So if you're interested in going even deeper with all of this, you can DM me on Instagram at Annette Jones Coaching, or you can email me at Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E, at motherhoodelevated.com. And we will schedule a time to talk. So don't be afraid. These calls are awesome. And you'll leave with some great insights. It'll be a great experience. Trust me, you will not regret it. Um, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to check out my website at motherhoodelevated.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session to see what working with me looks like as well as find information on classes I offer or get on the list for some weekly inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's motherhoodelevated.com. Have a great week.